Destinations Beyond Expectations is powered by Group Experience. Visit groupexperience.com to learn how to build your travel tribe. What's going on? This is Stevie G, and you are listening to DBE, the podcast that is designed for students of travel. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure to go check out Destinations Beyond Expectations on Facebook and Instagram. You can also check out the website, dbetravel.com, which has a list of all the episodes ever recorded, a button that makes it easy to get on the show's Patreon page, and so much more. No matter where you're listening, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. And if you can, please rate and review. That really helps this show reach more students of travel. The Florida Keys are a string of islands that extend off the southern tip of the Sunshine State. Many people visit the Keys to do things like fish or scuba dive. It's truly a destination where you can escape and immerse yourself in a tropical paradise. On top of relaxing and enjoying water-related activities, we're going to learn even more about the great food, historic sites, and state parks to visit in the Keys, because this week, Lydia from the Lost with Lydia blog joins the show again, and we'll be talking through a five-day road trip through the Keys from top to bottom. The Lost with Lydia blog has so many great destination guides and travel articles, and you can follow along with the post we're reviewing today by simply scrolling down to the show notes. All right, let's get to the show. Here's my interview with Lydia from the Lost with Lydia blog. Lydia, welcome back to Destinations Beyond Expectations. Uh, It's so great to have you back on the podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me back. I'm so excited to be on again. I'm excited to have you back on, and today we're using a phenomenal blog you wrote as a guide to talk about things to see in between Miami and Key West, Florida. Now, Miami is, of course, an internationally known city, but I want to start the podcast off by asking you to explain a little bit more about the Florida Keys. How would you describe the Florida Keys to anyone listening to the podcast who isn't familiar with the Keys or maybe only has heard of Key West? So the Florida Keys are a series of islands that are just south of mainland Florida. There's actually 800 islands that encompass the Florida Keys, but only about 30 of them are inhabited. And the inhabited ones are connected by the Florida Keys Highway. Um, So the southernmost key and the southernmost point in the United States is Key West, which is definitely the most famous key. It's known as like a party destination. But there's a lot of other things to do in the Upper Keys as well. There is so much to do. And you personally got the opportunity to take the drive between Miami and Key West. And I I look forward to diving into the specifics of that road trip here shortly. But before we do, can you tell us how far the drive between Miami and Key West is and why it makes sense for someone to, you know, maybe take their time instead of trying to knock this drive out as quickly as possible? Yeah, so the drive from Miami to Key West is 140 miles. If you do it all in one go, it can be done in about three and a half hours, although it would probably take a little bit longer than that because sometimes the speed limits are low and sometimes it goes down to one lane. So if there's any sort of traffic, you'll be delayed. Um, But it's really worth, like, I recommend taking a few days to make your way down to Key West because there's so much to do. Um, on those other keys on your way and like I wouldn't want to skip out on exploring those areas and just rush down to Key West. So I I really have to give you credit because I think your blog does such a great and detailed job of laying out things to see and do between Miami and Key West 
and I want to follow your journey as you list it out in day-by-day fashion. Day one. Day one of the road trip can be spent on Key Largo and Isla Mirada. Uh, There are a couple state parks, a wonderful brewery, and more to discover here. Can you give us an overview of Key Largo and Isla Mirada and some of the fun things visitors can discover there? So Key Largo is the largest key and it's the first one that you will reach as you're starting that road trip from Miami. It's 30 miles long. Um, The top thing I recommend on Key Largo is John Pennycamp State Park. So it's known for its beautiful coral reef and the park offers snorkeling excursions and they also offer glass bottom boat tours so you can look down at the coral reef um, if you don't want to snorkel. When I went, it was too windy, unfortunately, to get out to the coral reef. So instead, I kayaked around the park. They have a series of mangrove tree tunnels that you can kayak or paddleboard through, which was absolutely beautiful. Um, But I'd love to see the coral reef next time. Just as kind of like an aside about visiting the Florida Keys in general, your things, especially water activities, might be postponed or canceled due to high winds or storms so you always want to be a little bit flexible if you can like obviously this itinerary kind of you're moving every day so it'd be hard to be super flexible but have a backup plan of like an indoor activity if you can but moving on i highly recommend as you're driving down to isla Mirada to stop at the rain barrel artisan village this is basically a place to souvenir shop but it's all from local artists so you can buy like lots of little unique things um artwork and all sorts of things like that you can't miss it because there's a giant lobster right outside it's her name is betsy the lobster and supposedly it's the second most photographed place in the florida keys outside of the key west southernmost buoy Um, but the village in general you can also eat there shop around so it's a great spot for a quick stop. Also on Isla Mirada, I highly recommend the Isla Mirada Brewery and Distillery. It's a super colorful building, and not only do they have beer and spirits, but they have house-made cocktails, and they have this frozen key lime pie cocktail where they rim the glass with pie crumbles, and it just tastes like you're drinking a key lime pie, so it's super delicious. I really loved that spot um, to kind of end your day or just have, like, an afternoon drink. Day two. Now working our way south, day two of the road trip can be spent in Marathon. Talk about Marathon and some of the must-sees like the Turtle Hospital. Yeah, so Marathon is the center of the Keys and one of the best things to do on Marathon is definitely to visit the Turtle Hospital. This was one of my favorite um, things on my of this entire week in the Florida Keys. So the Turtle Hospital has a mission to rescue, rehabilitate, and release the sea turtles back into the wild. Um, They offer tours pretty much hourly, and you get to learn about all the different types of sea turtles and go behind the scenes and see how they care for them and see a lot of the turtles that live there. At the end, you get to even feed some. So I thought that was a really special experience. And they have a really high release rate of like releasing the turtles back into the wild, which is really cool. And then um, if you're hungry after that, Key Fisheries is a great place to eat on Marathon Key. They're known for their seafood served fresh off the boat. I'm actually a vegetarian, but I've heard their seafood's really good. 
but I had their key lime pie and it's in my opinion the best key lime pie that I've ever had especially in the keys um it was just like the perfect amount of tartness really good so that's a great spot for lunch and then just south of Marathon Key is the Seven Mile Bridge. So this is really famous just for being like a seven mile freestanding bridge to connect the islands. But right next to it um, on the bridge that the old Seven Mile Bridge, they renovated to be a pedestrian bridge. So starting at Marathon, you can walk two miles out onto this pedestrian bridge and you get a great view of the water and then the um, driving bridge next to it and you can actually walk to an island pigeon key where there's some like historic buildings there which is cool and then finally i highly recommend bahia honda state park which is just south of marathon key to watch the sunset the park has a couple um, beaches and then it has a former train bridge the train bridge is really cool because it has kind of like collapsed in the middle you can walk up like a really small portion of it but it's mostly kind of deteriorating but it's a really cool view especially like if you see the silhouette of the bridge with the sunset behind it from the beach it's just like a gorgeous view so it's a really great place to end your day perfect date two sounds pretty amazing let's jump to date yeah. number three date three so day three takes us to the lower keys, which include Cujo Key, Sugarloaf Key, the Big Torch and Little Torch Keys, and a few others. What are some things the lower keys are known for? So this is the group of keys that are a bit smaller, that are like right above Key West. Um, these keys, I highly recommend starting your day at Baby's Coffee. It is the southernmost coffee roaster in the United States, which is awesome. And their menu includes smoothies, all sorts of coffee drinks, and also breakfast and snacks. So that's a really great place to start your day. And then one of the amazing things you can do in these keys is go on a clear kayaking tour with Get Up and Go. Get Up and Go actually offers clear kayaking tours like all around the state of Florida. So this is their location in the keys. And um, you can kayak through mangrove tunnels, like around mangrove trees and you'll get to see a lot of sea life i've seen photos of like nurse sharks and stingrays and starfish um this tour was also canceled for me due to the wind but it's something i'd really like to do next time and then finally i recommend south of the seven for a nice dinner they have like a rotating menu using local ingredients um it's like a nicer restaurant but it also felt laid back which i thought was really nice and it's a great place to like have a nice dinner um, in the Lower Keys. Day four. So on day four, we finally arrive in Key West. Talk about some of the places in Key West that you mentioned on day four of your itinerary. I divided my time in Key West of like one day of water activities and one day of more land activities. So this day is water activities. Um, I recommend starting your day with a jet ski tour with Barefoot Billies. They, I went on their tour and I went all the way around Key West Island, which was really cool. And we also got to kind of learn about the different islands and like make some stops along the way, which was fun. And we also got free time to drive around the jet skis. So overall it was like a cool adrenaline rush and really fun activity. 
Um, from there, I recommend a dolphin watch or a snorkeling tour. So I actually went with a company that combined both. So we watched for dolphins, then we went snorkeling, then we watched for dolphins again. Um, we saw tons of dolphins and the snorkeling was really cool. We got to see some coral reefs and saw, we saw a lot of stingrays and some other fish life. So it was a really great experience. Um, other ac water activities in Key West, you can go on a tour where they set up like these giant water inflatables and just kind of like gym, sw jump and swim around. So that's another option. And then finally, um, for this day, I recommend parasailing. So parasailing right off of Key West offers an incredible view. You get to see the island and like the clear water below you. Um, if you've never been parasailing, it's like super peaceful. You're just kind of like floating up in the air. You feel like you're flying. So that was a really great experience as well. And then finally, uh, make sure you attend a sunset celebration when you're in Key West. So every single night at Mallory Square, they have a sunset celebration. So they have like all these street performers come and perform. They have food vendors and it's right on the water. So it's a great place to watch the sunset it does get really crowded so if you want like a spot sitting right on the edge um, to see the sunset unobstructed then get there early but that's a really fun experience to have because there's so much to do in key west as you mentioned already your itinerary actually includes two days there day five what are a few of your favorite key west things to see or do that you have listed on day number five so this is my more land day in Key West, although it still includes some water at the end. Um, so I highly recommend the Hemingway house. So this is the former home of author Ernest Hemingway. So you can tour the house and learn all about his life. But what's really special about the house is that it's home to over 50 cats and about half of them are polydactyl, meaning they have an extra toe. So you can kind of like learn some history, but also see the cats. A lot of them are friendly. So that's really cool. Then right across just the street from the Hemingway house, you can visit the Key West Lighthouse and Keepers Museum. You can go to the top of the lighthouse and um, get an incredible view of the island. And then you can visit the museum and learn about like the keepers who took care of the lighthouse. And then other things to do in Key West, I want to recommend a couple restaurants. So one is Blue Heaven. It's a really popular restaurant that has all of this like eclectic decor and you can kind of you it's mostly outdoor seating and you can sit in the there's sand at your feet and really great food another spot i really loved was the old town tavern and beer garden they have a pretty big menu and a beautiful outdoor patio space plus like a huge selection of beers and then finally i also i mentioned this on day four of the itinerary on the blog but i really recommend kermit's for frozen key lime pie on a stick. I got the strawberry version covered with dark chocolate and it was delicious and a really refreshing treat for your time in Key West. Um, finally, I also really recommend a sunset sale in Key West. So it's one of the most popular things to do. A tons of companies offer sunset sale options. So you can do a boat with live music. You can have like a open bar or have food served. There's lots of options. I went with um, Danger Charters and it was on an actual sailboat and they did a wine tasting. 
and their boats were a bit smaller, so it felt more intimate than some of the other companies. So I really enjoyed that as an experience. And it was kind of an amazing way to like end five days of traveling around the Keys. Sounds like a really great five days. And one question I had, you know, you brought up Key Lime and Key Lime Pie a couple times throughout, Mm -hmm. you know, the interview. Is Key Lime Pie a big thing in the Keys? Yes, Key Lime Pie is a very big deal in the Keys. Um, But the Key Limes are actually no longer grown there. So they used to be grown on Key Largo, but now... I think it's a lot cheaper for them to get it from other countries. So I don't think they're grown there anymore, but it's still a really big deal to have key lime pie while you're there. And key limes are a little bit smaller than regular limes. So that's kind of the difference. I believe they're sweeter, but I'm not positive. So one more really cool experience someone may want to consider adding on to their Miami to Key West trip, if they have time, is to visit Dry Tortugas National Park. Can you tell us more about Dry Tortugas National Park and describe what a visit there is like? Yeah, so I actually planned like my whole trip around visiting Dry Tortugas, even though it isn't really a focus of this particular blog. So Dry Tortugas National Park is located 70 miles off the coast of Key West. And if you're going to go, you need to plan pretty far ahead, at least book it a couple months in advance. You can visit by either taking a ferry or a seaplane I took the ferry and I booked it like right at six months in advance when it went on sale. You don't have to book it quite that early, but book it early. Um, But once you get out there, there's a former military fort that was built in the 1800s. So this island, Dry Tortugas, was a pretty strategic location to help for the United States to protect the Gulf of Mexico. Um, I mean, there was never like really a battle fought there, but they built it like as a strategic defensive location. And then later in the 90s, they designated it a national park. So now it protects lots of unique bird life out there and obviously just the natural area of the island. So while you're there, you can tour the fort and you can snorkel, you can hang out on the beach and it's just like a beautifully remote destination. It's absolutely gorgeous. You can also camp there, which would be a really cool experience. So I highly recommend adding Dry Tortugas National Park to your itinerary as long as you can snag tickets for it. Now, if you're able to snag tickets for it, about how much time, you know, of your day is it going to take exploring the area? If you take the ferry, um, it's a full day trip. So I believe it left, it might have left at like 7 a.m. or something, and then we got back at like 5 so a full day if you take the seaplane you can choose between a half day or a full day so if you did the half day on a seaplane you could do it in like four hours so lydia this is the second time uh that you're on the show and of course you have the lost with lydia blog for anyone who hasn't had a chance to listen to the other episode where you join me to cover things to see in little rock arkansas tell us about your blog and what someone can find if they visit lostwithlydia.com Yeah, so my blog focuses mostly on outdoor destinations in the United States. There's a lot of um, national park guides and state park guides, but there's also city guides and detailed itineraries. There's road trip itineraries like this Florida Keys itinerary. So like I said, it's covering a lot of the United States right now. There's a lot of guides in Texas and Arkansas, but also Florida, Alaska, Utah, and several others. 
I'm always adding new guides pretty much weekly to help people plan their trips. And I try to make them super detailed and have all the information that you would need. And like I said, there's a lot of outdoor destinations. So there's hiking and lots of outdoor activities for people who are active. And there will be some international guides coming soon, which I'm excited about. Awesome. And where can people go to stay connected with you on social media? So I am at Lost with Lydia. It's L-Y-D-I-A on everything. So I'm really active on Instagram and TikTok, but you can also find me on Facebook and Pinterest. You can also sign up for my newsletter to get like monthly updates on my blog. Now, before we close the show, I just want to ask a quick question. What is next for you as far as your travel plans? Uh, What are you looking to see next? So I'm currently living like a digital nomad lifestyle and road tripping around the United States. So I'm currently in Colorado and then I'll be spending the summer, the rest of the summer in Utah and Idaho. And then I'll be spending fall in New England. So I'm really excited to kind of spend this whole year driving around the U.S., um, visiting new national parks and new cities as well for me. So that's what's next. That is so cool. Lydia, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been great chatting with you again and learning about, you know, how someone can road trip from Miami to the to Key West. Thanks for having me on, Stephen. This was super fun. Yeah, I highly recommend a Florida Keys road trip for really anybody. A big DBE thank you to Lydia from the Lost with Lydia blog for taking the time to join the show. You can give Lost with Lydia a follow on Instagram at Lost with Lydia. Make sure to visit lostwithlydia.com for many more wonderful blogs about travel. Remember to check out Group Experience to learn how to build your travel tribe. You can find out more info about Group Experience in the show notes. And don't forget to give them a like on Facebook. Destinations Beyond Expectations is on Facebook as well. And you can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Wherever you listen, if you don't mind rating and reviewing the show, that's really helpful. And if you love the show, share it with a friend. One more thing, go ahead and like a Facebook page called Group Travel Odyssey, where every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I'm part of a live stream that focuses on a particular destination and describes what groups can do there. Again, that Facebook page is Group Travel Odyssey. Well, that's all I've got for this week. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon.